searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. What's up, everybody? It's Mike back here with the Pitch Please podcast. Today, I'm joined by George from Wave. They're disrupting networking and connection with digital business cards. I want to learn more. I want to learn what inspired this. But before we do that, George, let's learn about you. Maybe start with a quick introduction and a little bit about your role at Wave. Yeah. For sure. So pretty much I'm a finance guy, worked in finance almost five years, started off working at a fintech and then eventually went to corporate banking, some public equities, working with ETFs. Uh, And then eventually I ended up launching Wave and and here I am now. So it's a long transition from finance into tech and then uh, here I am. Yeah, it's probably from anyone looking from the outside, not a, a traditional path. Um, maybe talk to us about what started your journey in banking and what got you started there. So there was, it's funny enough is like, uh, I didn't really know what to do at that time. You know, you're, you're at eight, you're 18 years old. You're trying to figure out like, okay, do I go into finance? There's a bunch of majors out there. So for me, it was just mass confusion. And I'm like, you know what? I think finance is the way to go. I made an early decision to focus on that path. I did an MBA in investment management, worked on my CFA. I thought I wanted to be a banker, but eventually after I got the experience that worked the day to day, I said, this not be, might not be what I, what I want, right? I don't feel the passion. I don't feel like I'm waking up to do something I want to do. And at that point I was like, what else can I explore? What other doors can I open? That's going to potentially give me the feels. I love it. And so is Wave your first startup? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. And did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Were there like some people that were influential in your life that, you know, might've sparked that earlier on and and your curiosity as a child? So I think everybody has that entrepreneur bug in them. Like that thought of, oh, I have an idea and I want to launch it. I had like thousands of those. And then eventually I just decided to execute on one. But in terms of people I look up to, not not too much. Both my parents were entrepreneurs. So maybe that brushed off on me. Definitely. Anything that you've like absorbed through their journey on this. And if they were both entrepreneurs, it's interesting because, you know, you actually didn't go down that path to start. You went a very different path. Like yeah. finance and banking is complete opposite. Is there a reason or just you're like, hey, I want to try something different? Or it was truly that moment early on where you're like, I actually don't know. And I, you started kind of putting one foot in front of the other and it got you where you were. So if I think back, maybe it might have been like a safety net. Instead of like straight off the bat, jumping into entrepreneurship and building a company, I think it was the safest route to take, finish like your studies, finish your MBA, get a job, get some experience. And if all else fails, there's always something that you can, you know, fall back on. So maybe subconsciously I was trying to build that safety net. Um, and then eventually I had the, um, the courage to be like, Hey, maybe I should try this. You know, what's the worst that could happen? I go back to banking and call it a night. Well, I think that jump is admirable and it's often what holds a lot of people back. So maybe let's let's talk a little bit about that. I, we'll learn about the why. You know, what was it like when you were making this decision to to jump from a stable job to entrepreneurship? And was it like a, a hard cut moment in time and you started Wave or were you by necessity having to do both a little bit at the same time? Yeah, good question. 
it's tough to work a job and work on your startup because you have to be completely focused on your nine to five. And then the only time you really have to, to work on your company is after five. And that's where everybody's drained, exhausted, wants to go see friends or, or do other things on the weekends. So to, to make that transition was extremely tough. First, to just make the decision that after five o'clock, I'm actually going to continue working until when we go to bed, to be honest, it doesn't stop. And then you're also going to sacrifice your weekends, traveling, going out, seeing people. So effectively, it wasn't an easy choice. There's a lot that you have to give up. And I said, let's give up on those. And effectively, I was working on it while I was at the FinTech. Got it. And how, how long did that sort of last for? Were you doing both before there was like this moment where you went all in? Probably six months. So I started building the MVP, getting our first users. And then eventually I jumped when I felt like the opportunity cost of staying on my job way too high. I felt that those extra hours I was putting from nine to five at work I could probably be building a lot more at Wave. So I ended up leaving and I said that those additional hours are going to add a lot more value than what I'm, I'm doing now in my current job. Yeah. T talk to me and, and to our listeners a little bit about that, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that encounter that or think about that moment. And it's maybe even what holds them back from getting started. You know, you, you talked about this fact that, you know, you had to commit yourself to working after five until you go to sleep and you made a conscious decision there. So maybe are there some learnings in that? And then learnings of like, after making that first decision, making the second decision, which is now it's going to get real. Like I'm going to say goodbye to that stable paycheck, which you talked about earlier. And, you know, what was that opportunity cost evaluation for others kind of thinking through these same things? Yeah. So for aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to get started, I think that the number one advice I would give is don't overthink it. A lot of the times you tend to sit on an idea for quite some time without really making an executive decision to take action. So what I did with Wave was like, I got the idea, let's say day one, uh, I actually executed within less than two weeks. So I actually put the money up front to pay for devs to start building the tech two weeks into the idea when it came into my head. So I think when you have an idea, you have to move fast because you're going to tend to revert back to the mean, which is like, just wake up in the morning, go do your job, forget about the idea, get another idea two months later, and then effectively forget and just run that cycle back and forth. So one, one advice is just get started, put your money where your mouth is, and effectively you're going to be more invested in, in getting it moving. In terms of like, when's the right decision to leave your job? I would never recommend anyone to leave their job when they first get the idea and get started. Well, you, why is that? It's just like, you don't know where it's going to go. You know, majority of companies fail, the majority of startups fail. So just taking that jump, leaving your job, not having a safety net and just taking that leap very early on could put you in some rough spots, especially if you have to start funding the business yourself, you have nothing to rely on, you have to pay rent and it, it gets rough. So at least get your first customers, see if you get traction, get some revenue in. And then once you get some revenue in, then effectively you can start thinking, hey, let's leave. And another good thing to note is if you're going to think of leaving, please don't leave with zero in the bank, right? Make sure you have some sort of safety net. You've saved some money for like a year or two. You have at least 10, 15, 20 grand in the bank. So you can, you know, fall back on something. Yeah, it's, a, it's great advice. So it's a little bit about trying to get yourself to that. There's multiple moments of product market fit, but some element of product market fit to know what you've got here, if you can. And the journey starts a little bit sooner. Like if, if this is something that you're considering, maybe you've got the idea. 
maybe you don't have the idea, but either way, you, if you, if it's something you might want to go do, start putting some money aside and saving um, so that you can go make this decision when the moment comes. Um, it, it, it's really interesting. And so for you, let's talk about that opportunity cost. I think you called it yeah. and when, and what were the signals that, you know, where you were hitting this moment of opportunity cost and the switch was imminent. Yeah. Good question. So it was at a time in which we had already launched, had like around 500 users at the time, 500 customers and they were paying customers. And then at some point we had to like start expanding the business and that takes a lot of time, right? You have to start working on products, you have to start working on marketing, you know, distribution, you have to work on what's your growth plan. You have to do sales demos. You have to like, there's so many things that were being put on hold and nothing was being built. It was more like autopilot for a few months. So at that point I was like, I just can't, don't have the time to build because I'm so focused on trying to keep the business running. I can't focus on building the business. It's just running in circles. Uh, and at that point I was like, okay, maybe I should leave and those hours should be put on building the structures that get bigger and bigger. Got it. So it was at that moment of like stagnating growth and you felt like, you know, a bunch of the list of to do's was growing, but your ability to tackle them was There's not, not enough. You exactly. really felt critical mass change. You got it. That's cool. And so what, you know, we'll talk about the, the pitch and exactly what wave does, but what was the inspiration? You said, you know, it, lots of people are entrepreneurial. There's lots of people that I'm sure have many ideas. What sparked this? Like, what did you see or feel or, you know, engage with that made you decide this is a problem that needs to be solved and here's how I want to solve it? Yeah. So when I wanted to leave banking, I spoke to a bunch of entrepreneurs and I was like, what is the number one skill set that you need to be an entrepreneur? I think it was like 90%, 85% of the people ended up telling me, go do sales. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to try sales. So I ended up taking a massive pay cut, leaving my, my banking job. Then I took a tech sales role at a fintech company in, uh, in Montreal. And effectively, I was just an account executive there working with clients on the West Coast. And I think that helped me like, like insane amounts of value from jumping into that sales role. What was the question? I was so into yeah, the, well, the, the transition. Hey, well, let, let's, let's even just talk a little bit about what value you saw there. But after that, it was like, what kind of sparked? Okay, the, there you go. Yes. Yeah, so the, the wave bit. So it might've been one in the same, but it's like, what 100%. were those skills you learned there? And, and also what kind of sparked this? Yeah. So what sparked it was I used to go to events, right? Because I'm in sales now. <laughs> so when I'm going to events and trade shows like Collision and a bunch of the others, the problem was the team is connecting with over like, 100, 200, 300 people a night, right? All these contacts are being scattered all over the place. You have some on LinkedIn, you have some on, you know, your Gmail, some in your contact book, you got paper business cards in your pockets. Where it becomes a sort of a shit show is when you go back to the office, right? And then you're looking through all these scattered contacts. You have to remember conversations of who you have to follow up with. You have to then update your CRM, okay? And then you got to stay in touch with every single one of them if you want to close the lead. So that whole process compounded over like six, seven, eight salespeople is a lot of wasted manual time, right? Of looking through all this kind of stuff. So I said, why can't we just automate that and just instantly exchange contact, have Wave do the follow-ups for you and Wave update your CRM for you. So you kind of have everything in one place and you can just focus on closing sales. So that's kind of the inception. That's super interesting. So I'm even fascinated in the fact that, you know, you're so deliberate about this career shift where you're 
trying to understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur, a lot of people gave advice that one of the skills that would really be valuable is your ability to sell. You went into sales and while you were there trying to build up skills to become an entrepreneur, they hit go. you. This is a pain <laughs> and I hate doing it the way it's done today and you wanted to change it. And it was in that moment, simultaneous to your sales journey that you really kind of kicked off wave. It, it's interesting. Were you like the type of person that liked networking a ton before? Like had this problem been there and you've just never observed it or it wasn't as relevant to you? Maybe you weren't building as many connections and it really was a sales job that probably changed that for you. Yeah, so a lot of people say I'm like super outgoing. I would agree. I think I, I go quite a lot and I would say I'm a power networker. I go to quite a lot of events, I connect with people, but I never had like that workflow problem because like when you're connecting with somebody it's different than when you have like a, a potential prospect lead or, you know, you're trying to close a sale. So I never saw it. It was never in like, I didn't see that problem occur from just a networking perspective because I think LinkedIn does a really good job at that already. If you're just like an individual going to network, LinkedIn does a great job, right? Like you can connect on LinkedIn, get in touch with them. But from a sales perspective, LinkedIn doesn't make much sense because we're pretty active on LinkedIn, but like a majority of the people aren't active on LinkedIn. If you try and like DM somebody on LinkedIn, you're probably gonna get no answer. So from a sales activation standpoint, it just didn't make sense, the LinkedIn thing. So there had to be another way to kind of get in touch with them, get their phone, their contact info, find a way to follow up, stay in touch and, and automate that process. I like that. And I don't even know if it maybe wave does or doesn't do this, but I can tell you right now, one of the things I notice on LinkedIn is, is you follow each other or add each other as a connection. It's pretty hard to like tag. Actually, you can't tag where or how or why you met this person. And for some period of time, it's super relevant. And maybe you don't talk as much for a while, but they're still valuable to your network. But like, depending on your memory and the size of your network, remembering like the initial inception of that dialogue is really hard. And there's no way to ever like go back to LinkedIn and be like, hmm, I met this person at Collision in 2012. I don't even know if Collision was right. That's true, actually. Yeah, no. it was. And I don't even know no like, way. Like, yeah, how no to way. rekindle that spirit and the connection, which once it's prompted, you're like, oh, no, no, it totally makes sense. You don't do it because you're not a person that cares about your network, but like maybe the time has passed and you kind of forget the connection. So we actually never had that feature. And it's because you just, it was a problem. Like we didn't know our customers well enough. And then eventually over the years, we started learning. And that was like one of the biggest pain points. The one you just mentioned was like, hey, how can I tag conversations or tag people to remember where I met them, how I met them, what we spoke about, um, so it's a feature we launched, actually. I love it. I love it. And I'm going to want to learn more because like, you know, it's interesting because you make some connections and, you know, at some point it's impossible to stay deeply in touch on like a monthly annual basis with everyone in your network. It's just impossible. And it doesn't mean you don't want to keep connected. You're more passively staying connected. You're seeing their posts. And when something interesting comes up, you can be like, oh, that was interesting. I want to talk about that or I want to talk to you. But it means so much more if you're like, ah, where do I know this person from? And other than, oh, you go back and you're like, oh, we went to the same school. Oh, yes, I went to school at McMaster with this person. <laughs> like sometimes it's hard to fully remember all of those notes, if you will, of the initial connection, how to bring them back to the forefront. 
So it's cool. And, that and those notes are super important, man. Like if you just go back and be like, Hey, we just went to the same school. It doesn't slap as much as you saying like, Hey, we had a conversation about X, Y, Z, like two months ago. Super happy to meet you. And when it's more personalized, it just feels different. Yeah, hundred percent. Just refreshes your memory. So let, let's talk about Wave a little bit. You're on a show called Pitch, please. So before we go on and do anything, George, your pitch, please. Yeah. So we're taught to always keep it like one sentence and, and shorter to VCs like that. So we provide digital business cards to sales and marketing professionals to help them better connect with leads at events. That's as simple as that. I love it. And I want to talk about something you mentioned earlier, which is which maybe you'll want to even weave this in your pitch coaching is like this workflow problem. And you, you talked about, you're not just helping build connections as you were talking about where this goes and we're going to learn more about how the product works. You actually started talking about the workflow problem that exists, not mm-hmm. just about the connecting. And so maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, who this is for. You were obviously in sales. Maybe it's only for sellers, but talk to us a little bit about who is your primary audience here for Wave. Yeah. The primary audience is really the people who go out there and network or on the road. So this could be like real estate agents, business development reps, field sales, field marketing, people at events. So that's typically the people which we, we roll these cards out. To. It doesn't make sense for, for usually back office jobs just because they don't really meet people, but anybody who's like customer facing. That's who we target. Cool. And who's who else is in this space? You don't have to drop their names. You don't have to give free marketing. But obviously, you talked about like a complimentary service or a similar service maybe is like LinkedIn and just building a regular connection. But is there other people playing in this space? And what are sort of the clusters of themes that and then where do you sort of stand out as what Wave's doing? Yeah, that's a big, big question. So <laughs> uh, where do I start? So I don't think LinkedIn is actually playing in the same space we are. I think they're really good at what they do, but they don't fix that sales workflow. Maybe you're doing sales activation through Sales Navigator from your PC, but it doesn't fix the problem in which you're doing like field sales, where there are a lot of other players in the space, but a lot of them are just doing the B2C thing where they just sell the card to like individuals to go ahead and connect with each other. Where we focus more right now is small and medium-sized businesses and the enterprise side. So is that specific workflow and integration with all these other applications that really push us ahead of the rest. Though there is one big player called Apple that has decided to enter the space. <laughs> so they, they launched- I, I heard, I've heard of them. Yes. <laughs> so they launched something called uh, NameDrop, which is pretty cool. So NameDrop allows you to like hold your iPhone to somebody else's iPhone and then through AirDrop exchange contact info. Okay. But it's still just contact info exchange. So. Maybe talk about this like piece that's super special about what you're talking about here, which I mean, I'm in sales in B2B and I've worked in enterprise sales environments. The workflow piece you're talking about is special because it's not just about exchanging contact info. I think that's where the journey begins with Wave. And so it sounds like there's a physical card. Mm-hmm. And there's like a QR code or on the Apple wallet or a QR. Okay. So it can be a digital or physical experience, yeah. depending how you want to flex a sexy looking card, I assume. Exactly. I love it. So that tap is just the start. And so that's the beginning of this workflow. Talk me through the workflow. Where and what does this integrate with? And why is it going to change my life as a seller? For sure. Yeah. So you were right, by the way, like with the Apple name drop, it doesn't fix that workflow. It's probably going to crush everyone else's in the B2C space. 
but we've mastered that specific workflow for sales and, and that's where we get value for businesses. Um, but also, it's also beneficial to us because now that Apple's coming into this game, they effectively unlock potential in which you can tap two iPhones together, which is something we can now leverage. A lot of people in the space are saying like it's the demise of digital business card, but little do they know it, it's actually super beneficial for us because now you've just allowed us to tap two iPhones together. In terms of the workflow, it's pretty simple. So you, you'll, a business will go ahead and say, hey, we want to roll this out to a hundred sales reps across, across the board. We'll say, okay, perfect. We'll get on a call. We'll set up a template for them. So a design of what they want to share, any websites, you know, call to actions, any information they want to share with potential prospects. And the way it works is super simple. You just tap your card on somebody's phone, have them scan a QR code, a lead form will be generated. They exchange contact with each other. And then that lead form throws the prospect into a, a workflow. So throws you into like a marketing campaign through Salesforce and Pardot. It puts you in the CRM as like a contact and lead. And that's where like the automation starts triggering. That's cool. So let's even talk about that initial connection. Do I have an app on my phone if I'm doing it QR or when they scan the QR, are they like sitting there filling out a form? Like how does that exchange, the initial exchange work if I am a wave user and if I'm not a wave user, because I assume, you know, if you're a sales organization that invests in this, it doesn't mean the person you're meeting has wave. They might, maybe that makes it easier, but how does it work with a wave and a non-wave and a wave and a wave? Yeah. So uh, if you will. So way, so we, we wanted to build this in a way in which you don't need an application because then you run into that problem in which it's like, Hey, download an app to get my contact info. And then you get some resistance there and effectively just better to pass a paper card or what's your contact and write in an email. So we effectively built it through uh, like a web app. So it actually opens up like Safari or Chrome and you'll have your digital business card there after somebody scans your QR code and they just click one button and an exchange form pops up. And the form is super short. It's just like your name, email, or phone number. So just two fields. And when you click on it, it actually auto-completes based on what you have on your device. And once you just click save, it goes ahead and exchanges info. What about like and maybe these are, you can add this if you want, but like mm -hmm. things like the company name or a website or a LinkedIn profile, do those things feed into that or that comes after? So, so you can actually build your profile the way you like. So you can add all your contact info, what's going to be shared, your websites, LinkedIn. So all that can be put in your profile. Perfect. And then that, because I assume that's pretty relevant when it starts to do the automated workflow you were talking about. And so I get somebody's contact info, George from Wave, exchange with Mike from Microsoft, and then it starts to feed into systems. Are these all like APIs to multiple systems? What types of systems do you connect in with to create these automations? How does that sort of work? Yeah. So we effectively, like, let's say we connected and you scan my QR code, you know, you'll say, okay, let's exchange info. You put your information. That's going to flow to your like Wave Enterprise dashboard where our team will be able to see all the leads collected at that event. And then effectively, if I have any integrations with like Salesforce, Zoho, HubSpot, we can also connect to like Zapier, which connects over 4,000 other applications. So you can build really custom custom workflows yourself. So once we, we flow that into the dashboard, it, it really goes anywhere you'd like. So you can populate as a lead in, in your CRM, or you can throw it into MailChimp and send like an automated email. So you can really do whatever you'd like with that contact. 
That's cool. So as a Wave user and maybe the organization, I then have my own web-based dashboard to see all the leads that I've connected. Yep. And at an organization level, or if you're smaller at a personal level, you're able to start to do the routing and automation. What element of that routing and automation exists in Wave versus within my other tools? Okay, so in Wave, um, the current automation that just exists right now is being able to set up like email text uh, follow-ups and uh, email and text follow-up. Cool. Okay, so it gets the initial dialogue started. Yeah. So effectively, what we noticed is like once you initially meet somebody, and this was like early days of Wave, you would connect, but you wouldn't go back to their digital business card to like follow them on LinkedIn or see the brand. So that was an issue, right? Because you would get the contact info, you stay in touch, but the potential prospect wasn't going back to the page to go ahead and see the websites, the LinkedIn, and, and all the other good information. So once we started introducing like text follow-ups and email follow-ups, we saw that engagement actually skyrocket. So now anytime somebody connects with a Wave user, they get a, a text saying, hey, you just connected with George. Don't forget to view the digital business card and stay in touch so they can go back and follow your brand. And then it also puts like an email so we get in touch and can continue the conversation. That's awesome. Now you talked about this new feature that you were adding in around me being able to sort of tag where or how or add some notes to our initial connection. Where where does that flow in? Is it back when I get to the dashboard? Is it right from my phone? How, did, how does that sort of new feature that you're talking about play in? Yeah, so it's actually just from your phone. So you can just download an app and then you just go to your contacts. The second somebody exchanges that info, you'll be able to just click on it, add a tag, add notes, super easy, and then onto the next conversation. That's cool. And because you're plugging in with CRMs, you're not trying to replace and build a new CRM here. You're just the front end patching into existing CRMs, but allowing it to be a bit more powerful. hundred percent. And then now, and then this is going to lead to another section, but like we started moving to enterprise, right? And not only are we now connecting to CRMs, but we're also connecting to like active directories, like Microsoft Azure and things of that nature. Because these enterprise clients are telling us like, hey, it's great you're connecting to our CRM, but like, are we able to connect to Workday, Bamboo, Microsoft Azure? And anytime we create contacts, it's actually just going to flow into Wave, create a digital business card and launch it on onboarding. So that way they're pretty much set up at the initiation of a, of a new job. Yeah, that's cool. So now this is your sort of next frontier. And maybe that's a great question, which is, you know, what is sort of the next six to 12 months look like for Wave? What are some of your big milestones that you're looking to chip away at in the next year? Yeah, so we're really now focused on um, like organic content, you know, like working on SEO. And at the same time, it's uh, really doubling down on enterprise. We find like we, we build the, the structure properly and, and we can now kind of onboard, you know, thousands of, of individuals on wafer teams. So the, the focus us, uh, on us is really to double down on those integrations because enterprise really wants a lot. So they want those third-party HR integrations. They want the CRMs. They want the SOC 2 compliance. They, there's a whole checklist that you have to go through. And that's exactly what we're trying to, to finish. So. Yeah, it's, it's a big evolution, I think, in the journey of startups. I think it's pretty hard and rare to start as like an enterprise-only or enterprise-first solution because just the uptake in sales cycle lengths are just way too long to start there. And to your point earlier, you need proof of concept and you need demonstrated product market fit. 
And so a lot of people start with B2C or B2SMBs, B2MidMarket. And so it sounds like you, similar to many other companies like you, are crossing this chasm into enterprise sales. And that has a whole bunch of maturities. It's like maturity at a product level, maturity on a marketing level, maturity on a sales cycle level, forecasting, revenue. Talk to me a little bit about, you said, wave for teams. So obviously, I would love for this to be free, but you probably wouldn't have jumped uh, out of your finance role to build a product that is free and make zero revenue. So tell me a little bit about like how you charge and where Wave makes money in this this cycle um, and workflow. Yeah, so so we keep it super simple, and it's just six dollars per user per month per individual on the dashboard. And if you pay annually, you get the custom cards for free, the NFC one. It's as simple that's as that. Sna- that. That's a snazzy <laughs> looking one. Thanks. I like it. So for like an individual $6 per user per month, is that what you said? So it's kind like of $72 US a year. So yeah, it's kind of separate. Like the way for teams for companies and businesses is $72 a year. But for the individual, for any individual, it's actually free. You could just download the app or create an account and, and get started with the QR code. And if you want to upgrade, you can go ahead and upgrade to the card. But really to get started, you just download Wave digital business card takes you two minutes to create your account and then you add the QR oh. code to your Apple wallet. So for like o- entrepreneurs or real estate agents or SMBs, they could use this freemium product and then yep. they only have to pay if they want the physical card. Exactly. Are there any additional features that I would pay for? Like if I'm a, a real estate brokerage where I've got a team of five or 15, do I want the team or do I just go individual? What's sort of like your reco there? It's- so the reason you would want to go to Teams is because you first want to create the digital business cards for your team with a unified brand. So you can kind of brand it with your logo across the board. And then you would want the integrations as well. And just the ability to create, manage, and distribute all these cards across your organization. Got it. So for like myself and for the Pitch Please podcast, I would start with your freemium product, but I really like that card. So I probably want that fancy card. There you go. Flex at events. So for that, I I would pay. And is that also like $72 um, a year? Is so it a one-time? It depends. If they're, we're selling them on Amazon across North okay. America. If you want the custom one, you just go on our website. And on Amazon, oh, they hell rate. yeah, I want the custom one. <laughs> the custom one probably goes around like 40 bucks, 40 to 60 okay. bucks, depending on the color. Got it. And that's just like a one-time one time yep. charge. And then I get the card and then I'm able to use your service. And then if the business grows and matures, I can start to benefit from a unified brand experience. You got it. Uh, and the way you're you're pitching cool. it better than I am now. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, like I, I joke that I started this just to hear about all the cool business ideas. But every time I do, I get sucked in and I start innovating <laughs> alongside them and pitching the product. It also means your product is a great pitch. Like I, I can help articulate it and build upon it. Maybe tell me about, you know, like we're, we're laughing and smiling and talking about all the good times and how you jumped from your secure, well-paying job in, into this space. And, you know, we we're talking before the show that you've bootstrapped your way here. What's been like the hardest part of this in your mind from, you know, and you knew there was some hard stuff coming. So you like saved, you went and became a seller first. What Like what's, what's some of your hardest or most challenging experiences in the two in a bit years building wave? I think it's, there's a lot of hard stuff. Like there's more hard than easy work happening, but I can't single out one thing. I think the hardest thing is the sacrifice you have to put in to start a business. I think that's something I underestimated like hard. How do I say this? Like in a good way, imagine like going into a ring with Mike Tyson. Okay. 
um, but in a UFC ring. So you simply keep, when you start a company, you simply get knocked out every single time. But instead of them like ending the fight, you actually have to get back up and then fight Mike Tyson again. And then you get knocked down. And Mike Tyson never stops. He just keeps beating at you over and over and over again until he gets tired. I find like that's the existence of a startup. You just keep getting beat down until you life finally gives up and says, you know what, you're winning because you're just so consistent. I don't know, man. It's just, it's really rough. It's that re you need that resilience and you need to be willing to push through it. Agreed. And I find like, it just doesn't end, right? Like for a startup, there's continuous problems left and right that you have to put out. Um, and you just have to have the grit in you to be like, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice X amount of years to build this business. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Because if you have just a slight doubt in yourself, you don't start, you don't perform well, you just got to be committed to the game and you got to sacrifice. Like those night outs with the boys, forget it. The, that time you want to travel with the girlfriend, forget it. It's not happening. You know, the time you want to go see your family, forget it. It's not happening. You know, there's like things that you have to do to get this to the finish line. That's kind of how it is. So I didn't expect that when I first started. I thought like, I could still have a work-life balance. Stop is it. it is it balancing out a bit more now? Like obviously you you still are gonna have to be very busy as you're as you're pushing through. But now you're like two years in, you've got revenue, you're expanding into new categories. Has that balance started to resume a bit or it's still a little bit, you know, you're making sacrifices, but you're feeling like you've been able to pull back a little bit on some of those sacrifices and balance it out a little bit better. Just for people listening, like let's have a real convo on yeah. that for them. So I finally noticed that the more money you have, the more problems. So the more we're making, the more problems are stacking up, the more customers we have, the more that we have to service them, the more competitive we're getting. So the work actually doesn't stop. So it, it feels like I actually have more work and I can't keep up at this point. Like there's- you need to there's, keep hiring great yeah, people. There you go. <laughs> so this is where we have to delegate, right? But yeah, the work doesn't get easier. It's just going to continue to pile on. So there's just more stuff you can do. Just get ready for it. Yeah. Like with more money, with more capital, you are- obviously have more things you can do. You have more opportunities. You can deploy them in different ways. So um, that gives you more options, more decisions, and more decisions of more time invested in the business. So it only gets harder. What's helped you push through? Oh, shoot. It's uh, a good question. I think it's more of a test for myself, right? Like I, I did this because I want to see how far I can push myself. And I find startups to be the biggest battlefield there is in the world, right? You're literally saying i'm gonna take this startup and potentially go global with it so for me it's, it's a test like how, how big can i do this and how far can i go in this journey obviously it's tough and you you didn't shy away from that and i appreciate that what's been like maybe the most memorable or special moment in this journey that's kind of helped you create that north star to keep going all the connections i made for sure hands down like this journey over the past two years I've met so many talented individuals from like mentors to other founders, other people within the space and the ecosystem across like Montreal, Toronto. And it's been great, like just having the opportunity to meet these people and it, it really opens doors like across the board, right? So I would say all these people, like you, man, like I'm here now with you because I launched Wave, you know, if I didn't launch Wave, I don't know, think we would have met. That's true. And it is so fitting that the connections is one of the pieces you love and still love and it's really the foundational reason for why you built wave is to help build and bridge better connections and innovate in that space 
um, especially the workflows pit. I really <laughs> like the workflows because it's it really shows where you're disrupting rather than sort of just swapping contact info. Yeah. And it really pushes past that. You know, as we kind of wrap up on, on the wave journey, what's like any closing advice? You know, you shared tons of great thoughts and feedback, but for anyone else that's either an entrepreneur that's listening, someone thinking about diving in, what are like some thoughts or feedback or, or advice you, you would share based on your great journey so far? Well, I could list them. So one would be get sales experience. You know, there's a lot of founders out there that are very technical. If you're not going to do sales, find somebody who can, because nobody's going to sell your startup for you other than you and your team. Uh, so make sure you get that experience. That's vital. Um, number two, make sure you have like a, a safety net. Never jump, you know, jump ship if you don't have something to back you up. I saved for four years, right? Before I even took the chance. So make sure you have something to last you at least six months before you take that jump. Three mentors are invaluable. They're like the best thing to ever happen. So if you could find them, you know, cherish them, make sure you stay in touch with them. The way I found my mentors was literally open up LinkedIn, write Y Combinator alum, Techstars alum, people that you want to be involved with, and then just go ahead and message them. Be like, hey, I have a startup idea. I want to run it by you. Can we get on a call? And lo and behold, it works. That's really good advice. I, I like even the like being explicit about who you're searching against or for to build out your network. Yeah, because I had done it with a, with a friend of mine now, like uh, called Kevin. He was a Techstars alumni, which literally just two and a half years ago, called him up and said, hey, man, can I just get your advice on something? And now we're like close friends and he's an advisor to the company and it, it worked out. So, and they, they've been in, in the battlefield and have experience, right? And the experience is worth a lot. So you're going to hit a lot of like roadblocks and they've already seen them. So at least you can dodge 10, 20, 30% of them, so. I, I love that. It's great advice for anyone that's listening that either wants to, you know, find out more about wave, get their own card from wave or, you know, maybe for their organization or just wants to help you on the journey you're on, where should people go to find out more or purchase? And if you were looking for anything specific, maybe you're raising, maybe you need advocacy, maybe you need mentors, what would be helpful for wave over the next little while? Yeah, for sure. So if you want to reach out to me, you can just follow me on LinkedIn. Or if you want to follow us like Wave, just go to wavecnct.com or search up Wave Digital Business Card on Amazon or the App Store. In terms of what I want, I really don't want anything. If the audience wants something from me, don't hesitate to reach out. Just say that you heard about me from Mike and I'll be more than happy to help you guys any way I can if you have questions or want to run an idea by me. I love it. And I'm coming for my custom card. I want the, I want the physical one. I'm going to leave it on my desk. I'm going to bring it out when I go to collision next year. I'll be connecting left, right, and center. I, I love it. George, thank you so much for joining today. I love how like deliberate this journey has been for you and the success and growth that you're experiencing. I know it's a hard grind and you're pushing through it because you want to prove it to yourself, but you're doing it, man. So great work. Thanks. I love watching your journey through you know, LinkedIn. Next time in Montreal, we'll connect in person. Definitely connect at Collision, but keep up the great work and keep enjoying it. Make sure you sneak a couple beers in there through some network, network sessions and connections. <laughs> and enjoy, enjoy the experience and the journey, man. Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for coming. Thanks to everyone who listened. Again, another episode of Pitch Please Podcast. Make sure to catch us on the next episode. Have a great day. 
You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.